been a last crazy three weeks since our last podcast episode. I went on vacation to Mexico, came back with a stomach bug, and then acquired the cold and really delayed our chances to record this free agency podcast. But we're finally here at the table, uh, ready to break down the latest moves that occurred with the Los Angeles Lakers moving from the bottom in terms of power rankings last summer all the way to top three uh, with the latest ones that just came out. The Clippers are back up there. Or maybe not back up there, but they're up there. The oh, New come Jer- on. The Brooklyn Nets <laughs> are up there. Man, it's just been a whole sequence of changes that have happened the last three weeks. And we're finally here recording to share our thoughts, break down the winners and losers of each transaction. Um, and really who the big who the big trades happen. This is going to be a two-part free agency podcast breakdown. And this is part one right here. And I'll start off with this fact for you, Sean. It's... 12 of the top 25 players, players that I consider top 25 of the NBA, were either traded or signed within the last three weeks. And never has this happened before, so I think that alone is crazy. And we went from having three contenders last summer, in my view, to now potentially nine in the Rockets, Lakers, Clippers, Jazz, Trailblazers, Nuggets, Warriors, Bucks, and 76ers. What do you think of all this, Sean? Do you agree or do you disagree here? Yeah, and I think this is... Incredible, man. This, this is more of an offseason than we could have asked for. Um, so many big moves, uh, so many things going on. We had to bring uh, one of our favorite guest co-hosts, Scott, into the mix today. Thank you, thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, his team was not a winner of free agency, but that uh, being the Oklahoma City Thunder. But we still love basketball. We're still talking it. And I don't know if you're giving some of these teams – um, you're giving some of these teams a bad rap here, Alan. Only putting nine of them in here. You wouldn't want to make an I, argument for the Celtics, maybe the Pacers. No way, Pacers. The no. Pacers, no. though. I mean, they're upper. T- I mean, they definitely jumped the, the tier. I would. You didn't even put the Nets in here. No, they're not a true contender here. Oh, not in my view. I mean, I guess we could further break down, but why don't we start there then with the Brooklyn Nets? Who absolutely came out of nowhere to just probably you could be you could call the biggest winner out of free agency with just straight up signing Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Well, in that signing trade with the Warriors, getting Kevin Durant, and for some reason signing DeAndre Jordan to a, <laughs> uh, to a four year deal. Uh, that was, I think, the oddest one here. I mean, big wins with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Despite Kevin Durant, you got to wait till next year to get him in a Brooklyn Nets jersey out on the court. But DeAndre Jordan, four years, forty million. Even though they have Jarrett Allen out there just dominating the summer league, throwing together thirty point games, fifteen point rebound performances, trying to, I think, really make a statement that he's the starting center for this team. But anyways, the Brooklyn Nets here. I mean, did you see? Did any of you guys see this coming here? I mean, I, I mean, I can't say I was completely surprised, but it was just crazy to watch it actually happen. I mean, you heard that like Kevin Durant and Kyrie wanted to team up somewhere. Um, you thought it might be uh, like the Clippers, uh, maybe the mm-hmm. Knicks, but the Knicks are such a bad organization that was never going to happen. So the Nets, the Nets were another option. And, I mean, they're an up-and-coming team. They have a great core. Uh, Carries, Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, like you already mentioned before. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you bring in DeAndre Jordan, too, because he's, like, I think he's one of KD's best friends or something. So I guess, I guess that's the reason you bring him in. But this is going to be a crazy team uh, come after Kevin Durant uh, recovers from his injury. Um, this year, they'll still be very good. 
with Kyrie Irving instead of D'Angelo Russell, but next year they're gonna they they will definitely join that contenders list. Yeah, what I think is interesting is, <laughs> I mean, it seems like with social media and a lot of the blogs and the rumors that come through, some uh, more often than not they appear they they get proven incorrectly. But in this case, the whole idea, this whole storyline that started at the All Star break that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant wanted to team up appear to be true and that's kind of funny when you see these things actually come to fruition in real life um though i i mean to me i still just like do not like this deandre jordan i think (laughs) it's probably something that i just had to bring along i guess because maybe they are friends or they have some personal connection there but deandre jordan a guy who averaged 10 points and 11 rebounds with the new york knicks you bring him on a roster with a young guy like jared allen who essentially almost had the exact same numbers at 10 and 8 for the Brooklyn Nets and dominating the Summer League. I think there's going to be some butting of heads. Maybe it's a good thing or maybe it's a bad thing. I guess we'll see we'll wait to see how this all plays out. Yeah, I mean, I get I guess that is the question though. Like who do you actually think starts between DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen? I mean, I'm putting Jared Allen as the starter. Uh, I mean, I think he deserves most of the minutes, but the thing is, like, you can't even play these two guys together because they're just, oh, yeah, they're, they're both, they have, they centers. provide no spacing. Yeah, they're just the, as pure as you can get. Like, their field goal percentage is through the roof just because they should, they only essentially babysit the basket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting one for sure. Yeah, and think, alongside Scotty? the, well, I mean, looking back on all of these deals, first and foremost, I just think it's it's funny that we were all talking about the Knicks or maybe the Clippers where these guys end up, and I don't know, maybe Jay Z pulls some strings here. I don't know what the deal was. Jay Z's Nets fan, right? Yeah, he's, he's a part <laughs> owner there. So um, I think the DeAndre Jordan Jared Allen thing will be interesting. I think Jared Allen has a lot to learn from DeAndre Jordan. Um, and if DJ really is as tight with Kevin Durant as we're hearing that he is, I think it makes a lot of sense to keep him healthy, especially if he's going to be out this next year. So I would expect DJ to probably be the starter, but he's also aging, and depending on how everything goes, maybe you see a Nets team that kind of tanks a little bit, and then you get Jaron Allen some more minutes. Maybe DJ has some phantom injuries. I think he could be in for some really interesting and weird stuff this coming year with them. I don't, I don't. I just do not see this team tanking. Like probably not, yeah, especially in a soft, especially east, in the but... east, and it's not like they got worse. Like outside of not having Kevin Durant, like all they really did was replace uh, who was his name, D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell, with Kyrie Irving, right? Um, which Upgrade. makes them better. Yeah, I mean, presumably better. I mean, we're really gonna see if Kyrie Irving actually does make a team better now, because it was literally like a substitution. Straight up, mm-hmm, D'Angelo yeah. Russell for Kyrie Irving. Yeah. You could argue, oh, maybe Kyrie made the Celtics worse last year. But now That'll we're be definitely... another interesting one, yeah. right? <laughs> you, you see a substitution on two different teams. There. Right, yeah. Are the Celtics going to look really good now? Now that Brad Stevens can finally do whatever he wants and not have to worry about Kyrie having the ball. Yeah, we'll see how this how this all plays out. I guess out of the three dudes that remain on the Nets, Carice LeVert, Spencer Dean-Witty, and... Jared Allen, who do you guys see benefiting the most from these latest transactions, or do you think these three guys end up taking a backseat in terms of numbers next year? I don't I don't think any of them really take a step back, but I don't really think it really matters to them. Like, it doesn't improve any of their games either. Yeah. Like I don't see Kyrie Irving really facilitating to any of these guys. Honestly, maybe it makes Spencer Dinwiddie a little worse, if I had to guess. 
just puts his uh, development yeah. on hold a little bit. Yeah, and it's, it's yeah because like D'Angelo Russell wasn't really that much of a facilitator either though, so I don't, I don't really think it'll matter. I think I think it'll work because they're used to a playmaking point guard, a, a shoot first point guard. I don't I don't think it'd really matter. Mm. Yeah, I hate to sit on DeAndre Jordan yet again, but <laughs> you really I feel don't like, like that. If he, <laughs> I just do not like this signing. If he wasn't here, I would say Jared Allen is going to dominate in in terms of numbers next year. He's going to have a huge career year because I think Kyrie Irving would give him the ball right in the right places, and Chris Levert, has been Dinwiddie, and a lot of those other guys would command so much attention. But I don't know what's going to. I'm I'm really interested to see how that dynamic plays out especially just four years i don't i can't see there being a market for deandre jordan where you have to give him four years well just only because the Kyrie and kd both <laughs> have four years too right like they're just keeping the core together the core of buds right i feel like you could have gotten away with giving him two years and 20 million maybe two years and 23 million or something like well, that I think the thing was that kd and Kyrie are just like we're, you guys are gonna pay the same amount to us no matter what but they're taking less than the max to let deandre make his money like right. that's how yeah. that's how good of friends they are. Which to be fair, chemistry. To be fair, I mean, if you're talking about Sean's exactly right. If that amount of money was going to go to them anyways, so they take a little less, and you pick up DeAndre Jordan. It's I mean, it seems like a great flyer because now whether he's he plays as a starter or he comes off the bench, regardless, you have two centers that could start. I mean, that that's great for for depth and all that kind of stuff. As long as Jared Allen can then still develop. Yeah, I guess he gets like a three for two ty- type of deal or something like that. Yeah, right. yeah, buy two get one free. Bad. There you go, <laughs> <get> free. <laughs> right. So that's not too bad. And I mean, alongside these guys, you bring in Garrett Temple and Wilson Chandler, um, and of course they also sign one of your favorites, Sean Woo! David Nwaba, onto Everybody's the roster. Favorite. Everyone's favorite. favorite. Everybody's favorite. Come on, future MVP. You gotta love him. <laughs> I'm surprised his NBA career has lasted this long. That's oh, pretty come impressive. on. It's only been a few yeah. years. <laughs> what is it, like three years? Yeah, Two he years? was on the Lakers one year, then the Bulls and the Cavs. And now the Nets. So- so he's almost deal, the right? NBA average. Was it two years? It's a two-year deal. I didn't see I'm the sure. years, but oh man, that'd be awesome. Right? He's in there at least two more years, Heck or yeah. I guess he has a contract I think, for at least two. I more think years. he's a great Rondé Hollis Jefferson substitution. There you go. I agree. I'll I'll agree with that. But it, I think this is a well-rounded roster. But I'm not ready to put this in, in the contender list. Not until Kevin Kevin Durag comes back. This team is um, super deep, though. Like by getting Garrett deep, Tell, yeah. Temple, Wilson Chandler. These are two guys that were on the Clippers last year that were very heavy contributors in the playoffs coming off the bench. Yeah. They can both play. Yeah, Garrett. Yeah, Garrett Temple had himself quite the year with Memphis and then over to Clip over with the Clippers. I mean, he's one of those guys that's like I mean, doesn't stand off the roster, but um he can put together some solid numbers that could help you win some games. Yeah. Not that they need more shooting guards, but there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, how about D'Angelo Russell signing trade to the to the Warriors? And, man, this one was also quite the surprise for me. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like that's just the theme here of what occurred during this the last three weeks. But four years, $117 million goes off to the Golden State Warriors to see their play behind a top five point guard or play right next to him. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess to start the season, he's going to play right next to him, filling in for Klay Thompson. But this is an interesting one here. In that, I mean, it almost seems like the Warriors just did it for the sake of just not missing out on losing Kevin Durant for absolutely nothing here. And whether or not he's going to eventually get swapped for somebody else, 
according to Bob Myers, that's not in the plan, but it seems like it's something that's possible. Yeah. <laughs> How do you see this working, especially when Clay's back? You have three guards. I mean, none of those guys. I guess Clay technically Clay could, could play guard the three. up at the three. Yeah, Clay, maybe. Yeah, no, I think I definitely think it works. I mean, they they already are used to playing a small ball type of game. They're just going to be even smaller than they were before because mm-hmm. now you have a lineup of Steph, D'Angelo, Clay, Draymond, and you still have Will Cauley Stein yeah. at center, mm-hmm. so you have some size. Um, but and Kevon Looney, yeah, uh, Looney, yeah, Looney could be a good uh, small center. So I, I actually think this is gonna work pretty well. Um, it is gonna be interesting though because obviously Kevin Durant, D'Angelo Russell, little bit in different tiers. Um, and he's a lot shorter, obviously. So I don't know. I, I yeah. think this is like just crazy though that the Warriors were able to pull this off. I, I was like, I man, like they're si- re-signing Clay Thompson to like a super max deal they have no more cap space they can't do anything and then they just pull off this sign and trade for a guy who was rumored to go to 20 different teams i was really excited to see who's gonna go to and this is probably the yeah. the, the most boring or like most horrible team he could have gone to in my opinion <laughs> like man you're really gonna keep the warriors dynasty going for another five years man Ugh. I mean, I think it yeah. speaks to the Warriors and what they can do, though, right? Like, what other team can oh pull this gosh. off? You, you lose KD, you're gutted, but then at the same time, you turn around and you flip probably the best free agent not named Kawhi Leonard still available, <laughs> and you pick him up. I mean, it's it's crazy that they were able to pull this off. I don't think anybody else can do it. Yeah, I, I agree. It's I mean, to the point of how it all fits together, I mean, I think on the offensive side, it's probably going to be just fine. Uh, what I'd be worried about is on the – the sort of your perimeter defense For once sure. this, if if you're playing these three guys at the same time, um, you better hope Colley Stein has a great defensive year and Draymond <laughs> Green just like is still on it as defensive pl- as a top three def- defensive player in this league. Well, and, and Clay's still coming back from ACL too, so right. it's not like he's gonna. Yeah, you be can't really rely on 100%. him to like guard Kawhi, guard LeBron, right? Yeah, guard Harden, yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, when you see this team go up against the Clippers, when you got Kawhi and Paul George out on the perimeter, mm. and Pat oh, Beverly or Lou Williams, dude, that's I'm just having such amazing thoughts right now. <laughs> <laughs> just slice through that defense, man. Mm. Um, mm. And it'll be crazy. But I mean, I I like the pickup that they at least got managed to get Collie Stein. I was a little surprised. This guy looked like he might might fizzle out of the NBA for a while there. And they also managed to get Alec Burks, which. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. No, not, not bad. It's all right. I mean, honestly, for the depth that they have, it's a pretty good pickup. It's better than yeah. Quinn Cook. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, Alec Burks, yeah, he's he has his moments. He's had some 20-point performances for the Utah Jazz uh, back in the day. And, I mean, he's, he, he seems like he not be bad for a couple minutes and stuff. Yeah, I think, I think what's going to be a weakness for the Warriors that I think maybe went unnoticed a little bit and maybe not to some of the more hardcore basketball fans, is that they had to, to trade away Andre Iguodala to make this deal happen. Yeah, yeah. Right. And they, they and they waived Sean Livingston, too. So those are yeah. two guys that you're like, man, these are, like, the foundation of, like, what made our team, like, the attitude, the personality that it had, you know, coming off the bench, Ooh. like, giving them what they were able to give them for so many years. Uh, during this dynasty and now you don't have that you replace it with a young talent who i mean is of questionable questionable, questionable team mm-hmm. chemistry um, yeah. i don't know it's gonna be interesting i mean if 
I mean, since Steph, Clay, and Dre really own that team, like I really don't see D'Angelo Russell like really breaking that up. I would be yeah. impressed if he could. <laughs> that I mean, it's it is kind of crazy when you bring up that point. Like D'Angelo Russell's a kid, man. He's only twenty two. He's just yeah. turned twenty two, yeah. and he's on a team full of grown men. I mean, Jordan <laughs> Bell's out the door. Quinn Cook. Some of these younger guys aren't on the roster anymore. I guess Collie Stein may still be on the younger side, Lewis but young yeah. Too, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, you got Draymond Green thirty. You got Clay Thompson almost thirty. Steph Curry's crossed the thirty. 30 point i mean a 30 year old mark so like uh, he where he might not it might be a little bit of a struggle for him considering he comes from a team like the lakers and the brooklyn nets when i mean when he was on there that was as young as it gets so yeah let's that that's another piece of it is to see where he fits in there but one thing for the warriors though is they keep that title of having four (laughs) all-stars on their roster so that title still hasn't gone away from them (laughs) So let me ask you this about the Warriors. Uh, obviously, I think we're all impressed with what they did, but what's the ceiling for this team? Are they good enough to make a Western Conference Finals? Does it depend on Clay and Tyre? Like, what's no, the ceiling? The ceiling's a championship. I still think so, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's crazy because, I mean, you'd think they took a step back by trading away a top three player, but, I mean, Curry's still top five, I think. Clay Thompson, I think, is a solid piece. Draymond Green comes back. He's... These guys are still at the age where they should be in their They're prime, in their and primes, yeah, yeah. And you bring in D'Angelo Russell, and if it works out, like this team could be good for the, I mean, at least for the next four years, I would think so. Here's what I wonder. I I agree. I think that they could be very good, but you now you now lose Kevin Durant, who's a scorer. You now lose Iguodala, who's a scorer. You add D'Angelo Russell, who's a ball dominant scorer. Is right. Kevin Durant not a ball dominant scorer? I would argue no. I would argue that he didn't need the ball to score. I mean, he could run around picks and get to his spots and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But if Steph Curry picks up an ankle injury or D'Angelo Russell gets hurt at some point, I don't know if they can score. Like that's what they've been known for for so long, especially until Clay gets back. I mean, I don't know if they're going to score enough, which is crazy no. to say but, about I mean, a Warriors team. That's what we saw in the playoffs against the Raptors. Right. When they had Clay out, when they have KD out, they can't score. Right. But if they have two of the scorers, they should be fine. Like Steph and D'Angelo, I think they'll be fine. Steph and Clay, they should be fine. Clay and D'Angelo, they should be fine. It's, it, I mean, it really just comes down to injuries for a lot of teams. Like, what if Paul George is hurt for the Clippers? Like, what if LeBron James is hurt for the Lakers? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess I guess the, the question is, re- revolves more around the fact that Steph does have a pretty – intense injury history and yeah for sure it's right. no guarantee play now too right it's no guarantee that clay comes back in eight months good as new i mean it could be a full year out you just don't really know how that whole progression is gonna go yeah yeah i think i see i see the angle you're playing i mean yeah the guys you lost i mean even a guy like quinn cook was like a 40 percent three-point shooter you lose a dollar scorer and yeah you don't replace them with scorers other than like d'angelo russell i see the point that you're making here in collie stein and looney these guys off the bench, they're not known for scoring the ball. Alec Burks um, occasionally. Alec Burks occasionally as well. But, yeah, I mean, I think more than the more than the Lakers and the Clippers, I think the Warriors are riding a thin line here in terms of how much insurance policy they have if another injury falls down on them. Um, but, I mean, they've been riding that thin line for a couple of years That's now, true. I think. And they've been – they 
they didn't really see the consequences of that until now, which unfortunately for them resulted in them losing in the NBA Finals. So I think it's, yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility here is their lack of scoring depth on the team right now. And you know what's crazy about this team now is that this is the first year in a long time where they're not the favorite. That's true. They're just going to be amongst the crowd. They're going to be somewhat sneaky during the season. Like, it's almost like we forgot about the Warriors a little bit, like writing them off like, oh, they just lost the finals. Their dynasty exploded. Kevin Durant's gone. They have no hope. This team is still super good um, when you put all the pieces together, just as good as any other team, any other of these dynamic duos you see on all of these other contenders. And they they have more all-star power than all of them still. So yeah, I guess yeah, technically, it's like, yeah, it's like we cannot <laughs> technically. We, I, what do you mean technically? <laughs> technically, well, I mean you can make <laughs> the argument that D'Angelo Russell may not be an All Star. Steph Clay and Dre still in the three. Way. Who who else still has three, three All Stars? Right. Not the Thunder. Uh, no one. Yeah, no true. one else has that's three All Stars except maybe the Sixers. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, like they're just amongst the crowd right now. When honestly, I they might as well be as much the favorite as anybody else. Yeah, no, point. I mean they're definitely right there. As I mean, and I think there's only one guy you can blame for this, and that's Kawhi Leonard, who <laughs> completely just swung, swung the entire power of balance here. Since he, there is no team out there that you can make a stark argument has that big three anymore that we've been seeing. Probably for like the last decade now, at least one team or two teams emerging with their own big form of a big three. But now it's it's a game of duos. And because of that, the Warriors are able to hang in there and everybody else as a result also has a chance to call themselves a contender. But let's go right into the L.A. Yes. Clippers. I mean, Jerry West, Steve <laughs> yes. Ballmer, who, whoever gets the congratulations here, like a lot of the credit. The whole front office. I don't know. The whole front office, yeah. man. Jeez. Yeah. I would love to know how long Kawhi Leonard had this master plan in, in his head. Like, was he? Did he have it during the parade? Was it after the parade? <laughs> during <laughs> you know? the interview with Kyle Lowry? Oh, man. Yeah, during that interview, was it when those? Was that what he was thinking about when those four during those four ball bounces <laughs> on the rim against the seventy sixers? Like oh, that. Man. This was crazy and. Not only was it crazy in the fact that he's with the Clippers, but, like, the amount of teams that he sort of just played, and one of them being the Lakers, like, the Lakers were just seemed so convinced, and NBA Twitter and NBA Reddit as well seemed so convinced that that's where he was going, and, whoa, yeah, way out, way out of there, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> what percent did you guys have him going to the Lakers up until this all went down? Uh, for me, I feel like it was probably like forty percent Lakers, thirty percent Clippers, thirty percent staying with the Raptors. Like I thought, the Lakers were the favorite. I really did. Same here. I mean, I texted you guys sixty percent, and-, and that's because all these tweets from Karan Butler, like Richard Jefferson, like all these, all this RDA stuff was just coming Reddit. at us. Yeah, exactly. RDA. That guy's What's that an kid? idiot. <laughs> There's like a bunch of noise. I was like, okay, this is what happened when LeBron with the LeBron thing. Like, just noise started building up, and and it ended up being true. So I was like, this has to be true. Like, there's no way this big of a decision is this hidden. Like, it had to have leaked somehow, and and it's happening. But yeah, and that's the thing. Like, we- you guys only put it at sixty percent, forty percent. I had some Laker fan friends being like, oh, yeah, it's like 95% chance he's going to the Lakers, 5% chance he goes to the Raptors. He's not going to the Clippers, bro. 
Oh, man. Yeah. And I was like, bro, it's Kawhi Leonard, man. He does everything weird. Like, he'll never do what you expect him to. So, I mean, here's where Sean's got to be so excited. Yeah, <laughs> they have, four. Or they have what, two years on their deal, both Paul George yeah, and yeah. Kawhi Leonard. But there's no freaking way they're leaving. They both just got back to SoCal. It's not like right? you're moving to the Lakers <laughs> from the Clippers. So you got these dudes for as long as you want them. Heck, yeah. I mean, so you're going to have a championship window that's legit like seven six, years. seven years yeah. long here. Yeah, and I mean, Lou Williams is like that contract he signs like at first it seemed a little foolish of himself but now it just seems like genius the Montrez <laughs> Harrell move genius yep, just in the space yeah genius and like I mean because all these are these are decent value contracts for guys that you're gonna keep on this team like they're just perfect dudes for a championship core team that and like usually the stars only align to keep guys like that for maybe one year but for the fact that you have two all-stars and you have these all these role players for maybe two to three years, like that is impressive. That's impressive foreseeing and a lot of luck. <laughs> yeah, a lot for of sure. luck. Yeah, for sure. Oh, totally. No yeah, no it doubt. takes a lot to make a deal like that happen. I mean, you're talking about losing a very high potential point guard in Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Danilo Gallinari coming off a career year. Four unprotected first rounders, <laughs> a one protected one, and two pick swaps. Just an absurd amount of picks that's never happened before. That many picks and pick swaps in one deal for one player. And they honestly were put in a position where it's like, you know what? This isn't just a trade for Paul George. This is a trade for Kawhi and Paul George. Yeah, exactly. So we have to make this deal. Yeah, and I mean, it's not only that, but just taking the next step as a franchise, as a brand, like, I mean, the Clippers have never made the Western Conference Finals, if I'm correct here. Yeah, no, they haven't. And, and yeah, it really speaks to like just the culture that they've built there. That all of these all of these guys, like Pat Beverly coming back on a three year forty million deal, Jermichael Green on two years ten million, Zubach on four years twenty eight. These guys all took yeah. less money than they could have made elsewhere just to be a part of this team, and to, to pave the way for Kawhi and Paul George to get whatever money they wanted. So it just speaks to like this team is all like in it together. And this is their window to win a championship. I couldn't agree more. And Sean, I know you're a Clippers fan. So it's, it's really, <laughs> really easy for me to say. Yeah, no, but it's really interesting to look back at the teams that you had with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. And I know you liked those guys at the time, but I think this yeah. is the first time that Doc Rivers has hit, had a team, besides this last year, but he didn't have any star power. But it's the first time he's had a team of guys that he wants to coach and mm-hmm. that want to be coached by him. And I think... I mean, not only do you have stars, but you have the right kind of stars that are going to buy into what he's doing, and it's it should be scary for the rest of the league. Like they they should be very good for a long time. Yeah, it's it's hard to tell on paper how this team's going to look with these two guys. The two guys that haven't played with each other before, haven't played with the rest of the Clippers, who already have like a pretty set thing. I mean, brought the Warriors to six games in the playoffs last year with pretty much no star power, like you mentioned, yeah. and. Like what? Like what is the ceiling for this team? Is it multiple championships? Is it? Oh, completely. Yeah. Like this is this is this team could be incredibly dangerous just between the team chemistry and the talent. Like yeah. there there's nothing in my mind that doubts that this team could be the favorite. Like going into the season. Oh, for sure. Yes. For the next five years, legit. I yeah. think they could be they could be the favorite for the next five years. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think they're the favorite, but I'm going to slow you down on the multiple championships what, talk what, there. Why is that? Why is that, though? <laughs> I mean, I still think this is still a deep Western Conference, 
And I think there's a lot of teams out there that have a chance to beat this team in a seven-game series, potentially. They have a chance, uh, but I think the Clippers would be favored against any team right now, honestly. I think so, too. I think so, too, but I don't think it's that big of a gap. Um, I still think that there's teams out there that definitely stand a chance. I think if you take this team, you drop it off in 2015, I think they could <laughs> run away with the championship. <laughs> oh, take but, some from the Warriors, man. Yeah, Lovely. but but right now, I think the I think the Lakers and the Warriors are still pretty good. I think the Rockets are solid as well. I think the Nuggets are good too. Uh, so I mean, I I think it's exciting. I can't wait for the playoffs to get started and see some of these matches because. I don't think the gap is really that big. And I know you're the Clipper fan here, Sean. So I'm just trying to call you out on your bias a little bit here. I'm going to be wearing my Montrez Herald jersey quite often this year. But what I will say that the Clippers did well in this deal. I mean, they traded all these picks. But, like, honestly, it's like almost who cares? Like, uh, you're taking a huge step forward for your franchise, and you don't give up both of your rookies. Like, you only gave up Shil Gilgis Alexander. Like, yeah. like I'm surprised honestly, they didn't have to. Yeah, Jerome Robinson now. Like, maybe he's capable of something, too. He showed flashes last year of being able to score, even in the playoffs. Yeah, well, like, Laundry Shamit. Laundry that, Shamit, man. That kid, that kid is good. I think he's going to play a huge part for this team if he can. I mean, he's such a good shooter. If he can give he's that, gonna that shooting open, touch. He's going to be wide open, man. Wide yeah, open. How they did? Well, he wasn't included in this trade as well. I don't know because I would have, if I'm OKC, I would have <laughs> wanted that kid, and so you can maybe flip them for something else later on. But he looks like he's on a, traje- a good trajectory to be a solid role player. But um, on another note about Kawhi Leonard here, how weird he does things <laughs> is I found somebody. I found this tweet. Uh, somebody broke down the salaries that he let go of, and uh, mm. basically starting from San Antonio by asking for that trade. He let go of a potential extension that could have been worth $221 million, then Oof. went to Toronto, and by not re-signing with him, he let go of an extension that could have been worth up to $190 million, Jeez. also that he could sign for only 141 with the Clippers. Whereas yes. I guess once you're talking about tens of millions, maybe it's not that big of a deal since you're still getting paid over 100 But still, like... That's some money on the table this guy's leaving to come back to L.A. and uh, be part of this group. Yeah, quality of life for these guys is just as important as anything else. And he's going to offset that a little bit by uh, that two-year deal with a player option for a third to sign the Supermax two years from now. But, yeah, I mean, it just goes to show it's like these guys just – they kind of just dictate where they want to go. The Supermax doesn't really let them stay – like have them stay wherever they have been playing like it doesn't really do what it was intended to do right and i have one more point to kind of give you a little jab in the stomach sean go for it you can't you cannot face me right now (laughs) (laughs) so let's not forget that paul george is coming off a pretty big shoulder surgery this this offseason they said said he'd be ready for regular season i'm not even worried Kawhi Leonard has not played a full season in like the last three years here. Anthony Davis has played more games than this guy, so <laughs> Yo, that's a stat though. Well done, Alan. Yeah. You want to hear my so, rebuttal though? Or are you done? Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's 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 it. My that's rebuttal. my jab okay. right there. Paul George, he might be out for like maybe the first few weeks of the season. He had the surgery like basically right after OKC was eliminated, so I'm not even worried about that in the long run. And with Kawhi we won 48 games last year without any stars. We don't need these guys to win regular season games. So we can play just like the Raptors did last year and give Kawhi the rest he needs before the playoffs. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I guess we'll have to see it play out. But if we're talking health and we're talking about um, the two big stars on the team, I'm still going to have to go with my Lakers here who, I mean, we know they made that (laughs) trade with Anthony Davis. They still got LeBron. So I still feel confident that, you know, they got the best duo in the league still so far. Um, But, I mean, this team made huge improvements when we're talking about a team that finished 24th in offensive rating, 29th in three-point shooting last year and all the new guys they bring in have all shot over 36 percent except for demarcus cousins Cousins. (laughs) (laughs) but i mean you got you bring in danny green demarcus cousins avery bradley quinn cook troy daniels i mean no big names but already adding to it to the duo of anthony davis and lebron james i'm feeling pretty good here danny green second team all defense two years ago avery bradley first team all defense three years ago i mean he had some injury problems but I'm saying the point. He's 28 years old in the last 14 games in Memphis. 16 points a game, 38% from three off 31 minutes a game. I don't know. I'd say he's coming back to form here. And uh, really to make some noise against that team, the L.A. Clippers, which I'm pretty excited because here we're now finally looking at what could be a real Laker versus Clipper (laughs) rivalry. Like it's crazy. These two teams have shared the same building for like almost 20 years now. And I can't think of a year where I would legitimately say that, oh, there was a rivalry going on between these two squads. Yeah, we were hoping it was going to be last year. And it looked like it might be um, until the Lakers had all those injuries and stuff. They were 4-5 and right. five in the West at one point. We're like, oh, snap, are we actually going to see these guys face off in the playoffs? Didn't happen. But this <laughs> year, this year, these two definitely are making the playoffs. And, I mean, the Lakers did good. Like, whatever they did last year, they scratched it completely, started from scratch, immediately signed Danny Green right after Kawhi Leonard signed with the Clippers. That was a big one for them. Maybe overpaid Mm -hmm. him a little bit, but they had to. Like, this was the guy they needed to get at that point in free agency. Like like you mentioned, they missed out on some guys. Like, Pat Beverly they missed out on, Brogdon, although he might have been a little too expensive for them. Uh, TJ McConnell yeah. is a guy you loved. You wish the Lakers got TJ McConnell, and man, they really should have gotten him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you're looking at what what hole they left with all the signings they brought, and they have no real point guard except for Rajon Rondo. But that guy, you can't have Rajon Rondo out there averaging thirty minutes a game for you, thirty minutes a game for you. I think you got to bring in somebody else, and they missed out on a lot of those guys like Seth Curry, TJ McConnell. I think would have been a solid pickup. Pat Beverly, maybe you could have convinced him to come your way earlier on in free agency. You give him a little bit more money. Malcolm Brogdon, possibly. I'd like to think he would take a Laker brand discount. <laughs> but, <laughs> but who knows? I mean, they just there was never a shot there uh, just because you played that the waiting game for Kawhi. And I have a theory as a, that's probably why Danny Green was overpaid a little bit because he probably gave him a verbal promise that he would weigh after Kawhi's decision and still either sign with the Lakers or take a discount if Kawhi went there and obviously played out the other way. Because it was surprising that Danny Green didn't end up going somewhere considering this guy's coming off a a career three-point shooting season where he shot 45% in the regular season this year. So, dude, this guy, I'm excited to see him (laughs) in in a Laker jersey because, dude, this team, I I, I read a stat... And I don't remember it exactly, but I think the Lakers just have not even come close to ranking in the top 10 in terms of three-point shooting since, like, 2011 or something like that. I'm surprised uh, they even ranked in the top 10 back then. Was that the was that the yeah. sauce of Vujicic years? Was that? Yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> no, well, 2011, yeah. You, what do you, yeah, you'd think it might have been have past Sasha. him. 
Yeah, I mean, you still had Derek Fisher on the team. You had you had Meta World Peace. Meta. Yeah, <laughs> you had Lamar Odom. You still had Lamar Odom there too. Mm. I mean, granted, the league wasn't shooting lights out the way it is right now. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I don't think this point guard hole for the Lakers is a big deal because LeBron wants to handle the ball anyways, and they got enough guys right. that can defend the one and the two spot. Where it doesn't really ma- like on offense, they'll technically be playing the two and the three, I guess, because you could play every Bradley, Danny Green, Rondo together, whatever, and then at least one of those guys guards the point on the other team and lets LeBron guard the three or the four. I actually don't think it's a big deal in the modern NBA. I think a few years ago it might be, but you got enough guys that can guard guards, shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they didn't. They, they had that news report that came out that said LeBron is basically moving to the starting point guard position, right? And then you have yeah. guys that guard the other point guard. No right. problem. Yeah. They're, they're going to be running some interesting lineups, though, for sure. For like, sure. It'll be a big lineup. Like You have like LeBron at the one, and then Danny Green, Anthony Davis, Boogie Cousins. Right. And maybe, yeah. maybe you put <laughs> – Maybe, yeah, you run like Kyle Kuzma at the three. That's a really yeah. big starting lineup. Yeah, it'll be, I think we'll see a lot of experimentation going on. I could see – I could see Danny Green and Avery Bradley starting together. Then you have LeBron, and you got Cousins and uh, Davis. and Davis. But I mean, even the question of Cousins versus McGee, I guess you could bring that up, considering this you point. Gotta like start McGee, Cousins, man, you got to. You got to sign up to come off the bench. Yeah, Cousins. I mean, Cousins is good. Like I was looking at what he did do for the of the Warriors during the regular season, and it's not shabby. Sixteen and eight, averaging twenty five minutes a game during a stretch of forty games, like. That's pretty teams. solid. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Yeah. JaVale McGee. So much on the better end. than JaVale McGee. So much better. The only question I have is just the defensive end. Like, I was looking at some of those numbers for DeMarcus Cousins, and they're not very good. Uh, in terms of block percentage, turnover percentage, like, JaVale McGee's got actually put, put up some impressive numbers on that side of the ball. I mean, he is the more athletic center, but. Uh, We'll see how that plays out because that'll be interesting. I think you might sacrifice something there unless DeMarcus Cousins can get himself back healthy enough to start this year at a, on a high I mean, note. he's healthy, isn't he? I think so. Yeah, yeah he's full yeah, I mean, healthy. He said healthy. himself, I don't know if you guys saw this uh, statement from Cousins. He said, I'm fully healthy. I'm going to play all 82 games this year. Yeah, there's no doubt he's healthy. I just wonder like where, what kind of shape he's in and like if he's all, if his legs are completely under him. Um, he's got the whole offseason. I mean, yeah, so we'll see where that's at. But that's a that's a that's a question there, I think. But yeah, you have a lot of interesting uh, lineups you could play. I mean, I mean, let's not forget you still got KCP no, on this it. team. <laughs> and the Lakers have, somehow I've gotten away with getting this guy. How does Rich Paul is the smartest does, man in the NBA? How does KCP keep getting paid like this? Because he got oh the smart. He got gosh. the best agent. You gotta yeah. get with the best agent, and he'll hook you up. Oh man, unbelievable! The good news though is he was really willing to take a big discount this year. He went from. Seven Seventeen million to eight million. Yeah, and this he's still year. getting overpaid oh, by about eight million. He's getting <laughs> yeah. overpaid by about eight this million. Guy, uh, he is not good. I mean, here's something for you guys. I because I saw somebody share this. It's KCP oh, will man. now have made forty seven million dollars off one year deal from the Los <laughs> Angeles Lakers over the oh, course of three so, years. Yeah, he basically is on like a three year forty seven million dollar contract. <laughs> exactly. That's, That's that is oh, kind of crazy. Gosh. 
Totally defeating the purpose of a one-year deal, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And when we're talking about contracts, look at this. Boogie Cousins, $3.5 minimum. How how is he making less than – like over half half less than KCP? It's crazy. Yeah. So Ron Baker just signed a Ron deal like mid year, and this guy set to make four point five million dollars <laughs> this year, and he doesn't even average one point. He's like at point <laughs> six points per game or something like that. And like I looked up the whole list of NBA players' salaries coming into this year, and I mean I just eyeballed it, but I swear that the only people making less than the Marcus Cousins are all on rookie deals or two way <sighs> deals, except for two guys. Yogi Ferrell and Tarin Prince. Oh my god. That's gosh. it. And those two, That's guys, crazy. those two guys are actually decent players <laughs> Wait, too. That's I can, crazy. Yeah. I actually can think of one more person. Jeff Green. Jeff Green. Yeah. Okay. Jeff Green's also on a minimum, but less than a that less than Boogie, but man. That's but still, absurd. the point made. <laughs> it's the point he made. Like, he took a hefty discount to come to the Lakers. And I think if the Lakers end up winning a title, it'll be because of either Kyle Kuzma or DeMarcus Cousins coming back to form. It's wow. just got to be well, somebody else Bradley stepping up big. I was a huge signing for them. They were so shallow at guards. You yeah. have Danny Green and Alex Caruso. KCP. (laughs) I don't even count KCP. (laughs) Like, getting Avery Bradley on two years, nine million, man? Deal. That is such a a deal. deal. Like, they missed out on some big names, but getting that guy at that price is crazy. And that's going to be huge for them. Yeah, I think it's also impressive that a guy like that remained on the market for that long. Like, that's why I got to think there's... Like Rob Palenka must have worked some magic in there. Yeah, to I be think Avery to have these guys wanted to play for the Lakers. Yeah, and even Danny Green, I gotta think somebody out there like the Toronto Raptors must have offered him something right from the start, and some other team out there. Like, there's no way a guy like that who shoots 45 percent from three just kind of lays low in the market for like an entire week. Right. Yeah. So I want to lay this question on you guys as far as like far as Kyle Kuzma. Do you guys? seriously think and i'm kind of wording this in the like for my opinion i guess do you guys seriously think that kyle kuzma is going to be a good six man i think so i think he has to he has he to has i mean to, it's all... but will he he has to <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even That's... asking that question because i'm already thinking if the lakers want to win a want to be like a western conference final team at least they need either like Cousins back to form or Kyle Kuzma like being a solid six man like nineteen and nine at least oh, like nineteen and nine. That's a big number. Eighteen okay, and nine. He's definitely not doing that. <laughs> he 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 averaged seventeen points last year. On the starter, as like their I think he could second option. Yeah, as their second <laughs> or first option. <laughs> I think he could get up there, man. I'm gonna believe in Kuzma. Scott, what do you think? Please. <laughs> I think it depends on who else they play with him. <laughs> because if he has to be the guy with the second group, I don't think he can get his own shot enough. But if he has somebody else passing it to him, if he's playing with LeBron, if he's playing with even even if he's playing with Boogie, if he's playing with A D for some serious minutes, then Alan, I agree. I think he can get into the sixteen, seventeen points a game. Nineteen sounds kind of no crazy. No way. To me, but... <laughs> I mean, nineteen might be crazy, but I think eighteen is not out of this. I think he's got to be. He's got to be rolling with the second unit for sure. I don't. I don't see him being. I mean, maybe he helps close the games, but he. I think he'll be rolling with the second unit, and I think there'll be a staggering of minutes where I think LeBron and Kuzma are together most of the time. 
and Davis rolls with Rondo with when LeBron goes to the bench. That's the way I can see it play out. I mean, these Davis, Cousins, and Rondo think these guys know how to play with each other well. And you're right. I think I think if, if Kuzma's out there with, like, Bradley and Quinn Cook and Danny Green, like... <laughs> He's done yeah, for. Like that, yeah, I don't like, think there's... Yeah, they cannot run... They cannot have a, a lineup where Kyle Kuzma's the best guy on the floor at any yeah, time. Yeah, I agree with that. If they totally ever agree. do that, they're going to lose whatever lead they have. I don't care if it's one point or 30. Like, <laughs> for any period of time, that lineup would lose it to a G League team. Like, Are you serious? Yes. I, I, like, no, I don't think he's that bad. I think, no, himself, I think Kuzma. By himself. Like, I'm, I'm maybe exaggerating a little bit, but <laughs> they cannot do that. I'm a Kuzma believer, but I also don't think he can get his own shot. He can't. He can't get his own shot. He can't facilitate. Yeah. It's like you look at the other six men in the league. Like Lou you look Williams. At, yeah, Lou Williams, Spencer obviously. Dinwiddie, yeah. Terrence Ross. Like, these guys are more Raymond than Felton. one dimension. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Like, I, you cannot. I, I, like, Kuzma as, like, a guy, like, a spot-up shooter, like, it won't work. Average athletically. Think, average yeah. athletically. Yeah. He he will average if he's off the bench most games, thirteen points a game. Thirteen yeah. points a game. No. Yes. No. Yes. I, no, I, I can't that. I have to disagree. I, that. I can't we yeah, here? we have we we have to put money where our mouths are right under, here. We'll we'll meet in the middle. I'll put the over under for you at sixteen points a game. Because he's definitely okay, not can, getting yeah. that off the bench. Yeah, I'll easily take the over on that. Alright, you can take yeah. it. Because yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going under sixteen. You're going under sixteen. Yeah. Okay, we're 16 we're points. gonna go. Are, are we going sixteen point five? Are we going fifteen point five? Like no, like sixteen points. Sixteen a game. even. So yeah. sixteen point one. Alan gets yes. Fifteen point nine. Sean gets yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to make that so yeah. clear. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Which, that's, yeah. going? that's actually a pretty fair bet. I think that's gonna be very close to the line. Yeah, I mean, it It could also very well be that Kuzma does go, like, 13, and Cousins yes. is the one that ends up getting, not, like, 18. Like, Kuzma is not that type of six-man player. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, he'll just be the six-man. Like, I really don't think it's that easy. I mean, I could see what you're saying. Yeah, you're right. But I just think that this guy's got a lot of room for improvement, and I could see him doing it. He's got that nice hook shot. He's got those nice post moves. And, and the way I see it is I think LeBron's going to be rolling with Kuzma, McGee, and maybe like KCP or Danny Green, one of those guys, and then throwing it back. Uh, to I mean, last year. like I said, yeah, minutes are gonna be staggered. Last year, last year went so ball. well, so let's try oh, it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that I do not like that lineup. That's gonna man, is man. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he's gonna go 17, 18. He's gonna be a difference maker for this squad. Let, he just has to. I mean, he has to be. He has to. Let, but Willie, let me ask Sean. Okay, so six man of the year, Lou Williams. What yeah. did he average last year? He is like twenty points again. Okay. Yeah. So that yeah. is the that is the extreme. So we think Kuzma is going to be just below Lou Williams. <laughs> right, that's what I'm yeah. saying. I mean, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going under. Sorry, Alan. Yeah, dude. Kuz- I'm going over, <laughs> oh, man. Now you non-believers, I, just... I gotta believe. In <laughs> I don't think I there's gotta believe in my boys. <laughs> I don't think there's that many shots in it for him. Not like, for Kuzma, especially off the bench. I could, I could see him going for a random thirty burger every once in a while, but like the average <laughs> night, I think is going to be more like ten. Yeah, I can see Demarcus Cousins averaging more points than Kyle Kuzma. Oh, I 100 percent agree. We'll see. We'll see how this plays out for you guys, but uh. I'm going to roll with it. I've placed my bets. I've punched it in. <laughs> There's no turning back now. There's no turning uh, back, man. <laughs> yeah, but uh, 
I guess any any last points here on the Lakers? Ron Baker making more than DeMarcus Cousins, <laughs> Avery Bradley. For hopefully he gets back to form. Big holes at point guard. I think I think this team, this roster looks good. And I mean, bottom line here is I'm impressed with what Rob Linka put together, considering how much crap he took <laughs> the I, two yeah, months I'd leading into this free much, agency. I'm interested to see how much of that was actually him and how much was already pre orchestrated. But yeah. I mean, as long as this team doesn't have to play Quinn Cook and Troy Daniels too much, they'll be fine. I think it's a testament to what the Lakers are because, in spite of all of the dumpster fireness <laughs> that happened, they still ended up with yep. a team that could win a championship. Right? That's crazy. Yeah. Because I mean, they. I just think it's also like coverage bias here. Like, I mean, can you not say the Boston Celtics were a dumpster fire this off season as well? I mean, different. yeah, different. The Lakers they lost their superstar. <laughs> the Lakers are a whole nother level. Like, there's, yeah, there's Boston, no, and then no you got to, like, amp it yeah, up The by president five. wasn't let go or, like, removed himself from office. Yeah, there's so much more crap going on in L.A. I guess that's true. I guess, like, I mean, there is no equivalent to coming on. All the drama in Boston just stemmed from Kyrie Irving. One yeah, guy. yeah. Yeah, I guess it's always just that one dude, that drama pill, and it's like Magic Johnson on one side, Kyrie Irving on the other. But how about OKC, though? Just oh, like here we go, the Scotty. big news. The big news, man. Russell Westbrook reuniting with James Harden. Chris Paul just being done dirty. I don't I don't think I've ever seen a player, superstar, being done as badly as Chris Paul just got done. Sent out to the boondocks of Oklahoma City. Thanks. I don't think he's uh, a man of fishing. <laughs> Honestly, though, he's still making so much money. Though, is he really getting a bad, a bad uh, thing? Yeah, here? <laughs> there's a price to everything, right? There's a price to everything. And Chris Paul, you know, he held the Clippers captive. He made his bulldog move to get that big contract, get to where he wants to be. And now, I guess as a result, karma or whatever you want to call it. Now he's in OKC, and the Clippers are championship contenders. What a <laughs> what a turn. what a turn of events! So I gotta say, as the Oklahoma City Thunder fan, I I am gutted to see I'm gutted to see Russell Westbrook go. I I really am. That being said, when Paul George moved, I think that we got it's the biggest pick halt ever. So I think that it was yeah. a, it was a smart move considering that we were never going to break out of the four seed in the West. We're never going to be better than the four seed. Never going to make the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. So I think Sam Presti deserves a ton of credit for going for it. And he, I mean, he has a history of this of turning nothing into something consistently. And now you're looking at potentially as many as 15 first round picks over the course of the next six years. I mean, that's crazy, unbelievable. <laughs> So whether that turns into flipping him for another star or just building organically through the draft, there's some potentially some very high draft picks in there as well. I think I'm, I hate to see Russell leave, but Oklahoma City's future is bright, and I can't wait until we get Chris Paul off the books. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy, like, talking about the Supermax, how, like, I mean, Russell Westbrook was one of those guys that when he signed it, he was a top-five player in the NBA, but now all of a sudden it looks like it looked like a really bad deal. So for Oklahoma City to get out of that in a positive way, I think they kind of dodged a, a bullet here Completely because, agree. yeah, like you were, I mean, they were destined for the fourth seed for maybe just a couple more years. But then after that, once Westbrook's regression really hit, this team, this franchise is going to be held handicapped basically just because of the amount of money owed to Westbrook. 
and Paul George if he was still on that roster. But, uh, I mean, let's break down these picks here. <laughs> Eight guaranteed picks so far right now. You got from Denver 2020, it's a 1 through 10 protected. 2021, unprotected from Miami. 2022, also from Miami. From, oh, 2022 to the, from the Clippers. 2023 from Miami. 2024 from the Clippers. 2024 from Houston. And 2026 from the Clippers, as well as the Rockets. So, like, Oklahoma City is set for the next decade in terms of... <laughs> I mean, they could build out a roster by 2026 just completely <laughs> oh, off yeah, these just draft all these picks. picks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at what Houston and the Clippers could potentially be, like, five, six years from now. They might not be contenders anymore. Right. Like, these are unprotected picks, pretty much. Like, Houston's only protected one through... 14 or is that one through four in 2026 yeah, yeah. 2026 the clippers are unprotected 2024 unprotected like these could end up being really big picks so yeah i mean in 2026 OKC. paul george and Kawhi Leonard are no longer could no longer be They're on definitely that clipper not on their team. prime anymore even if they are yeah. the clippers still I, I think the thing that we forget too is it's going to end up being more because next year they're going to flip danilo for a playoff team that needs a big shooter and they're going to probably right. flip Steven Adams at some point in the next couple of years. Chris Paul potentially gets offloaded as well. So, I mean, it could look even crazy. And, and you pick up <laughs> Shea Gilgis Alexander, who, you know, potentially an all-star. I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, unbelievable turnaround for a city that's not going to attract a big-name free agent. So you have to do it through the draft. And that's what we thought before they got Paul George, though. True, true. But especially now without a Russell Westbrook to, right. to then attract anybody else. Mm-hmm. So, I... You know, Oklahoma City fan, I I'm really gonna hurt for the next couple of years, and I know that. <laughs> but the future is bright. I mean, you look at so many of these teams, the Charlotte Hornets, that just can't get out of their own way, and they're stuck in the middle. <laughs> right. um, you gotta Wizards. you gotta go for it. You gotta just if you're rebuilding, rebuild, and that's what they did. Yeah, this is gonna be such a bad team. Oh, oh it's <laughs> so gonna be really yeah, bad. Yeah, Chris Curley. But Bill, man, they or- really do need to get rid of Chris Paul though, because. You cannot start this guy over Shea. No, like you, you need Shea to develop as much as possible now, and Chris Paul's yeah. only going to get in his way. He, like he's going to take all his minutes. He's I don't know. I mean, he might be able to learn some stuff from Chris Paul, but it won't make up for the fact that he's losing out on valuable game experience early on in his career for no other reason than the fact that I hate Chris Paul. <laughs> that I need to get rid of Chris Paul. <laughs> yep. I- I was just like listening to a, a podcast about, and they were talking about Chris Paul and just what a turn of events for his career. Like just coming so close to going to the Western Conference Finals in that the series NBA against finals. Oklahoma City, yeah, NBA yeah. Finals, and then losing that game, losing that three to one lead against the Rockets a couple in that playoff series. Was it like in 2014 or something? Oh yeah, on the Clippers, uh, yeah, yeah, and then losing to Oklahoma City. And then getting being part of that Lakers trade package and that getting denied and him just forcing a trade out of New Orleans after they had made the Western Conference Finals that year too, uh, or like the second round. Like, what his career has just taken such a weird trajectory that I almost wonder if will he go down truly as one of the top three point guards or top five point guards of all time anymore? I don't think he will of all time. He'll certainly be in the Hall of Fame though. Yeah. Like, his numbers just speak for themselves. Like, he's still an amazing player, even with all yeah. the weird drama and stuff. And, I mean, 
I mean, maybe he does get traded to a team that can contend. I just, I don't know who it's going to be because it doesn't seem like there's really any market for Chris Paul right now. Like, who who besides the Miami Heat would even consider taking on a three-year, $120 million contract? It doesn't even yeah. seem like they're that interested. Because um, OKC obviously wants something back in return, but Miami's basically like, dude, we're already giving you, or like, we're already taking Chris Paul off your hands. Why are you trying to get more picks from us? Right. <laughs> exactly. It's not just any bad contract. It's a humongous contract we're talking about here. And I'm, I don't even think like a buyout is in, is even part of the equation yet. Yeah, maybe you have to I mean, wait that, till that at least a year. That still sucks though. Like that's a big buyout. Exactly. Like either Chris Paul is sacrificing a lot, or OKC is taking putting out a lot of cash to buy this guy out. Um, yeah, I think it's crazy. I don't know if I I can't see Chris Paul actually putting on an OKC jersey to start the season, but I don't think there's really much choice here. Right. I agree. I think with he and Danilo and Stephen Adams, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a deal where a team's pushing for the playoffs or thinks they have a chance and pulls the trigger late near the trade deadline. I think he probably does suit up for Oklahoma City at the beginning of the year, and you know he'll have one of those phantom ankle injuries ten games into the season. <laughs> yeah, you know, one of those. So, so Sean, let me ask you this: Is is yeah. the guy that knows Chris Paul the best? Is he someone that you want on a contender, or is he somebody that creates more issues than he's worth? Just take oh, take gosh. money out of the equation for a minute. Yeah. No, I mean. It really depends on like your current point guard situation. If you really think that that, like honestly, if I'm the Lakers, I might consider it. <clears throat> it seems to make sense. The Lakers would be like the one team where I'm like, if they had like a decent point guard, that's all they would need to really like carry them over the top. I don't really know how you'd make that work, bringing money back into the equation. If I'm the Lakers, I'd certainly try to figure it out though. Um, it's worth looking into at least. Other than that, I I really don't think Chris Paul really brings a lot to a lot of different teams, um, cause because he just has that mentality of being like I'm the best, you know, and that really yeah. doesn't work at this point in his career. He's what 34, almost 35 years old, and I mean he's gonna have to take a backseat to somebody, two, three other players at this point. And we saw the regression that he had from last year too, and he just looks so much worse than he did the year before. Um, I don't think we expected him to regress this quickly. We knew he would by the end of his contract, like not be the same player he was, but it's already happened. Um, so I, I don't see a contender really wanting this contract, wanting this player. Yeah, I think as a player, I mean, you would love to have him on your team, but the logistics of it just make it almost impossible. Uh, just mm-hmm. like the amount of money he's owed, the years on the contract, like the return on the on on that just doesn't seem good at all like yeah like there's no positive it's hard right. unless you're miami and you just kind of want to flow in the first round <laughs> yep. for the next couple <laughs> like of years and so sell tickets <laughs> <clears throat> exactly like but on the flip side here for the rockets yeah i don't even really know if this is that big of a positive you're <laughs> like getting russell westbrook with james harden uh i mean this is a daryl Morey move you know, like he always mm-hmm. swings for the fences. He goes for whatever's out there because he knows like his one goal is to get a championship for the Houston Rockets. And he's tried to do that every year. Um, I applaud the effort every year. Honestly, he puts together a good <clears throat> team, one that looks like it could make it this year it really should have happened because the Warriors did not look like a team that could even like contend when they didn't have Kevin Durant and they were able to make the Rockets look silly too. 
Um, yeah. So they had to go back to the drawing board, and they had they had to get a guy like Westbrook to really just inject life back into this team that looked like. I mean, these guys are probably like, well, that was our window. Like we should have won it two years ago when we had the Warriors three two, and we didn't yeah. do it. Westbrook is just like no like no other player that I've ever seen Mike D'Antoni coach. Like he can't he's not a great shooter. He's not the greatest playmaker. He's just like an athletic phenon. Like I could see him just swinging more on James Harden to run the offense and run the point. But then what do you do with Russell Westbrook? Most of the stereotypical most of the two guards that Mike D'Antoni has had have all been spot-up shooters. He tends to like those guys a lot more. So I'm not I, I I'm really interested to see how this is all going to play out and I really don't have my hopes high for this team. I think they will see the same thing that we saw last year. I think they'll finish like the 4th or 3rd seed and probably get bumped out in in the second round. See, I think this could work. If you think about the Oklahoma City teams that Russell Westbrook was a part of, he never really had any shooting around him. And I think that ultimately really hurt him because his game is put his head down and go dunk it. And <laughs> yeah. when they didn't have anybody that could shoot it around him, it just became easier and easier for de- defenses to make him settle for that little 18-foot you know, jump shot that he makes 10% of the time. So yeah. I think I, I see this working. I don't know exactly how they work James Harden and him in together. I think they spend a lot of time not playing together. Like I could yeah. definitely see them alternating minutes and – you know, opening games and maybe closing halves and games together. But um, I think it could work because there's going to be a lot more space on the floor. And I also think Clint Capella is a better rim runner than he's ever had to play with. And so some pick and roll with Capella, some kick and shoot to Eric Gordon, to Gerald Green, to James Harden potentially. I mean, those are dudes that can knock down shots much better yeah. than, than Andre Robertson. <laughs> Do you like Clint Capella more than Steven Adams? Um, as a rim runner, yeah, I think Steven Adams has some other qualities that, that made him special, but I think Clint Capella is going to catch more alley-oops than Steven Adams did. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess another slight positive that Westbrook will bring to the Rockets is just a better perimeter defense, but defensive energy. You kind of lack that a little bit for the last couple of years on this Rockets team, but you'll get that with Westbrook. But, I mean, you're looking at it very positively, Scott, so I'm curious <laughs> to see if how how that plays out because in my mind I just cannot I'm not seeing it work out very well but all right we'll see that's what we got a whole 82 games for that's right well and you know James Harden had to sign off on it like there's no way this happens unless James Harden's all about it so if he's on board I mean maybe Russell's what ready to take a little bit of a step back and be a little bit in James Harden's shadow especially that means he can win so uh, if, if Russell's not asked to make the final play in the game and make the game winning shot I gotta think this team has a chance to win yeah, they're definitely going to be – man, where do you guys rank this team in terms of, like, most exciting team to watch next year? Like, wh- like of the teams that I'm most excited to watch, like, the Rockets might honestly be it because of trying to see, like, how this, how this duo is going to work together. Like, the other duos seem like they're going to work <clears throat> together really well, but this one is just, like, up in the air. I mean, I'm still more excited to see LeBron and AD. Okay, (laughs) I'm just saying, like, we already know they're going to be good, but like, man, these are two. These are what three of the last four MVPs or something like that, or two two of the last three, I guess you could say. Like, that's happened very rarely in the NBA before. It's kind of crazy to think about Russell Westbrook from his MVP year to today. He still gets those triple doubles. 
I think, I think he even had better numbers the year after he won the MVP. <laughs> yeah, it didn't even so, matter. He did. Yeah, I mean his his scoring will likely go down, but I could see him averaging freaking fourteen assists a game next year. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially if yeah. he's the primary ball handler. Oh, totally. Yeah, I guess to answer your question, Sean, I'm gonna put it. I'm still putting them at third. I'm still putting Lakers one, Clippers two, and then the Rockets at three. Okay. In terms yeah. of like teams I want to watch, like they'll definitely be a top. Like they'll be that top three in terms of league pass. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, that AD LeBron dynamic, I think it's going to be great. Oh yeah, the Russell sure. Westbrook Harden, I think Westbrook Harden, no messy. man, that's oh, it's It'll so I'm so glad it's that the Rockets messy. created another dynamic duo. Like these duos yeah. that are forming to make like the most parody the NBA's seen in a long time. It just makes yeah. it's just going to make this season more exciting than like any other season before, which is crazy because it seems like it gets more exciting every year. I feel like we've been saying that the last two summers, yeah. but how about Jimmy Butler, though, man? Are you telling me that you're not going to have the Miami Heat in your top five in these past teams? <laughs> man. He gets his money, man. He finally oh. got his money. I'm not having He got him. what he wanted. He's not in my top <laughs> oh. five until they've lost 10 games straight, and we're just watching to see what he does. Like that. <laughs> that's when it becomes God. exciting. This team, yeah, is not interesting at all. Jimmy Butler... Like, I guess if you're Miami, you're like, what else are you going to do? You know, it's like you're just going to re-sign Josh Richardson. You have freaking uh, Dion Waiters still. You got Kelly Olynyk and Hassan Whiteside. They had to make moves or else this team was just going to give OKC like the number one pick in the draft in 2021. Yeah, well, actually, they lost us on Whiteside. They shipped him out well, to yeah, Portland. Yeah, so th- that's part of this deal too. Um, so they had to make this move. So they ship off a son Whiteside, who is known to be very inconsistent, and yeah. they they ship off. They had to ship off Josh Richardson, who honestly is probably the most exciting player. <laughs> he was, he yeah, totally was to the yeah. 76ers, and they make room for Jimmy Butler um, in this deal. And it's it's kind of I don't know. What would you think this guy? This is guys like Pat Riley just saying like we just need to make the playoffs. To like continue yeah. to make money, is that? Yeah, I think this team totally destined for the first round. Sell some tickets and just get through this bad pickle that they're in. Of just like, I mean, they essentially signed their doom just a couple years ago with all those bad contracts. And at this point, you just need a star that's going to carry you on to the other chapter of this franchise history. I think. Um, which for me, this and they just need yeah. The, for me, Butler just helps sell tickets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, this amplifies what a smart deal OKC made this summer because this is the other side of it. You just <laughs> are in mediocrity, fighting for a first round exit in the playoffs mm-hmm. with a volatile star paying him way <laughs> too much money. Yeah, and he's not even going to play in all the games this year. He's going to be hurt, you know, for twenty games out of the year. So. I mean, I'm just pumped that OKC picked up a bunch of these picks because they're going to be pretty good picks. They're yeah, probably going to be lottery this, picks. Man, I was so excited when the Clippers were picking up these Miami picks. I'm like, man, they're going to suck. We shipped them all off to OKC in a good deal. <clears> but, <throat> yeah, like, man, Miami is not going to be good. Like, these picks are going to end up being, like, really good for OKC yeah. or whoever they end up trading them to. Um, but, I mean, I've... lost in this, I think Portland getting Hassan Whiteside is actually a big deal because – they weren't going to have Nurkic for most of the year. Um, mm-hmm. So they fill in that hole right there where it's like you, you have a guy that's arguably as talented as Nurkic, but just doesn't play with the same consistency, the same passion. Um, and he'll just be able to, you'll just be able to ride him for a lot of the regular season until Nurkic can come back. Uh, Portland was able to make a lot of big moves with not a lot of cap space or like flexibility. 
So Un- underrated in awesome. all this, Damian Lillard is a great leader. Like he's mm-hmm. not going to let Hassan oh, yeah. Whiteside get away with that stuff that he has been for. Yeah, that's years. that's what I'm most interested is how that character fits in at Portland. I think it'd be a, it's a better place for a guy like Hassan Whiteside. But yeah, I mean, in the playoffs, it was pretty clear Portland's biggest weak- weakness was that rim protection. Like people were just slicing and dicing through Zach Collins and Ennis Cantor. Yeah. Like, no, with really <laughs> oh, very God. little Ennis effort. Cantor so might as well not even be there. Yeah, and then I guess one one positive for Miami is, like, your star was Hassan Whiteside, and i take Jimmy Butler over Hassan Whiteside as my star <laughs> yeah, any I would day. Too, but for that contract, <laughs> yeah. would you? But, like, yeah, for, for Scott's <laughs> point, this is still a first-round exit team. You no, get, it is. No, it sixth, totally seventh, is. Seventh, eighth seed, whatever, doesn't matter. You're gonna lose to the Bucks, the Sixers, or the Pacers. This team will never touch the sixth seed. I, <laughs> they I, might that, get, I, don't, I don't even like. Who's even gonna get the sixth seed in the East? You this forget year? how bad the East is. Yeah, it's like, like they possible. lost Kawhi. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, they lost Kawhi. Orlando, yeah. Ma- Orlando Magic's coming back, baby. Oh, They're coming God. back reloaded. Yeah, they, they did, <laughs> yeah, they reloaded. That was oh, so lame. Man. Yeah, I mean, I definitely said that without thinking of what is in the Eastern Conference, but <laughs> I just, I'm still going to stand by it. This team will never touch the sixth seed, the Miami is Heat, as long a, as. I mean, I don't care enough about this to make a bet. In on this it. three years, <laughs> in the next three years, this team will never touch the sixth seed. They're a seven and eight first round exit. Wow. For I, sure. I could see them not making the playoffs even. I wouldn't even be surprised. They're, yeah. they're just as mediocre as some of these other teams. So, Al, let me ask you this. If Miami's in the West, what <laughs> number would they get in the West? Oh, that's a good question. They're right there with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah. That's, wow, yeah. that good. That, that, that you, good? You'd say that good. That's not good. <laughs> I mean, they got Carl <laughs> Anthony Towns, oh. dude. They got like an actual star. <laughs> it's true, but I, I'd say like they're either a Slightly above or slightly under in terms of the finishing record they would have. They still have a better supporting cast than the Timberwolves. Like Justice yeah. Winslow and yeah, true. Um, a lot of people Kelly are high on that Tyler Harrow guy. Yeah, yeah. He got yeah. some buzz out of the draft. Yeah. Well, draw, they still got Dragic, right? Dragic's still on that team, too. Yeah, yeah, they have Dragic, yeah. He's not he was bad. hurt last year. Um, yeah, they have, they have some – yeah, Bam Adebayo is nice. Yeah, so in the West, I have them – 10th or 9th maybe not 9th yeah that's about 10th yeah yeah what would you put on but probably like 14th 14th (laughs) you're putting them like only ahead of the suns yeah pretty much i mean man i don't know i mean i think even the okc roster might beat them like honestly no 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 this roster is definitely better than okc yeah 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 Deion yeah, Waiters I mean, is looking kind of fit this summer, though. <laughs> Let's go to the 76ers, though. Let's go to a yeah. real team here in the Eastern Conference. They, so they put their money uh, clearly on these guys right here. Tobias Harris, five years, $180 million. Al Harford, four years, $109 million. Man, what? What 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 an exchange of the bag here. Like I Tobias makes sense so to me. and you know, us. And me and you, Sean, throughout the whole last season, we were debating whether or not Tobias was actually going to get paid big dollars, and he ended up getting paid. But Al Horford, four years, $109 million. This is another move that just kind of didn't really make a lot of sense to me. Um, but I mean, I could see it being good this year and next year, but for the foreseeable future, it's I don't I don't know, man, that this team signed its doom away here and also extending Ben Simmons. Like, like this is the core they're rolling with now. I mean, you look at this team. This is the most talented starting lineup in the entire NBA. But better okay. than the Lakers, better than the Clippers overall. 
Overall, this overall, this overall, starting okay, five, okay. the starting. I'm say, not saying that the top two players. I'm saying yeah. the whole starting five. This is the best starting five in the entire NBA, bar none. Like they they assembled some crazy timing. Josh Richardson. I'd rather have Josh Richardson over Jimmy Butler straight up. If I'm being perfectly honest, that guy's yeah. just a cancer. Yes. Yeah. They <laughs> picked they picked right when they picked Tobias to get the max deal. Uh, you can't ask for a better locker room guy, better better athlete, better player. Like just he's worth a max just for like the person that he is and like the worth <laughs> the work ethic that he puts in. Like and just the complimentary piece he can be on any team. Like Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and Al Horford, man, you can't ask for better playoff experience for a more consistent guy. I mean, maybe it's not like he'll be very good in the second half of his contract, but for these next two years, I feel like he gives them as good a chance to contend as anybody because he's a super talented guy. He can shoot the three. He can play right next to Joel Embiid. He doesn't have to come off the bench. They'll play together a lot. Um, It might slow them down, but like as far as defense goes, like this team is probably the best defensive team in the league right now. Maybe the Clippers give them a run for it, but you have Josh Richardson as your shortest guy on the floor at six foot six. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you got a pretty long lineup here. Al Horford is a great playmaking big. Um, I'm just curious to see what this is going to look like. And it's crazy that he ended up commanding this much money. I'd be interested to hear what other teams were offering him for him to, at the end of the day, still get four years at 109 million. I thought it was crazy when he opted out of his contract. I was like, there's no way. Why is he doing that? <laughs> this is exactly why. Um, but I mean, this team does have a lot of potential. They're definitely going to be great. That's why I have them in that contender list. Um, in fact, I think they're probably going to beat out the Bucks and make their way to the NBA Finals. That's that's my prediction already that I'm making. Um, but, yeah, it's it's great. I like to see that Tobias is back on here. Ben Simmons signed that extension. Uh, so he's on there for five years, $170 million. I guess the biggest, the biggest thing that could affect this team is like any other team is just health. Al Hartford going down uh, as he ages and maybe Joel Embiid, some health problems also coming up. But for for I, sure, agree I, on that one, Alan. I, I think it's really interesting. I think Al Horford got this much money from the Sixers because he was so good against Joel Embiid. Like he was the <laughs> Embiid stopper. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's smart by the 76ers to drop however many more million than they needed to to get him. But I think that's a big reason why they did is so no one else in the East could pick him up. <laughs> no one can uh, stop this man anymore. Yeah, I, I think the the thing that goes maybe a little bit under the radar with this group is I don't know if they have enough shooting to compete for an NBA championship. And Ben Simmons is obviously the, the one under the microscope because the dude can't shoot outside three feet. But if he develops a jump shot, this might be the best team in the league. But if he doesn't, who's making shots, especially with JJ now gone. I mean, Tobias to some degree, but he's not a shooter. Uh, Horford can shoot, but he's not a shooter. I mean, Joel Embiid, you want him next to the rim? You don't want him patrolling the perimeter. So, I don't know. I mean, it, it could go both ways for this group, I think. Defensively, they're great. But uh, outside of Joel Embiid, if Ben Simmons can't shoot, I don't know how they how they score enough to play at that elite, elite level. Yeah, that's true. The I kind of oversaw that, the fact that J.J. Redick ended up leaving this team. And of all teams going to the Pelicans, like that is a blow to the – core yeah. of this team and the identity that they carry through i don't think th- i don't think they could win an nba championship even if they had jj reddick but wow. i still see them coming out of the east just because i think the east's got a step 
a step weaker uh, with Kawhi Leonard leaving the Raptors. And I actually, I think the Bucks are going to be slightly weaker too next year. So I still see the 76ers as the favorite coming out of the East, but yeah, they're not going to beat any Western Conference team. I'm surprised you'd say even with JJ Redick, they wouldn't win a championship. I don't think so. Like what? What's stopping them? If, if they have JJ, they have shooting as well as everything else. I don't know, man. I just don't see it. I don't see it. I feel like there's something messing with this squad, and it's not Jimmy Butler either. Definitely yeah. not. Well, that. definitely not Jimmy it, Butler. Interesting yeah. point, though. So, I mean, Jimmy, to his credit, was their closer last year. I mean, when they True. needed a big yeah. shot, he made a big he, shot. He is a big playoff player. So, I guess, I guess they're counting on Toby with that big contract now. Well, I mean, and I feel like Embiid's got to be the closer. Like at this point in his career, he's he's been there a few times now. Like he's got to step up. Hey, throw it in the post. Get some baby hooks in there, Joel. You got to be able to close these games out. I guess that's the thing that sticks out in my head that I just like. Every time I see this team, that's the thing that's missing, I think, is that that closer, that identity of having that go-to guy who can give you three consecutive buckets uh, to really seal the deal. And they're just, yeah, they're they're missing that. Um, And it sucks that they lost J.J. Redick, too. Yeah, that that is a big blow. That yeah, that is gonna go largely unnoticed amidst all the talent that they acquired. But yeah, it's a huge thing. Like I was so surprised to see that he signed with the Pelicans of all teams. Yeah. Like maybe he just wants to play with Lonzo Ball that bad. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big baller brand. Yeah, man, getting passes from Zoe. <laughs> How about Kemba Walker replacing Kyrie Irving in Boston? Four years, one hundred and forty-one million. Uh, sign and trade basically for Terry Rozier here. Rozier signing three years, fifty-eight million dollars. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like everybody kind of saw this coming. Where it was like, if there was one guy that was going to get paid for some reason, it was going to be Terry Rozier. But it all behold, here he is, man. Three years, fifty-eight million dollars. Kemba really Walker thought, going to yeah. another franchise. I mean, I just think it's crazy because if you're going to overpay somebody, why would it not be Kemba Walker? If you're the Charlotte Hornets, like they weren't willing to offer him the max, it was said explicitly that Michael Jordan was not willing to offer him the max because they're I mean, already so high over the the cap limit or whatever. Like, I mean, but Kemba's your guy, yeah. Oh, Kemba's your guy, dirty. yeah. I I I I didn't really understand this, but now you got Terry Rozier and you're still paying some of those other dudes big money. You might as well just re-sign Kemba Walker to big money if you're gonna overpay somebody. Uh, he's your dude. He identifies as a Charlotte Hornet, and maybe within those four years, you can clean up some mess, and and you can still say you got a legitimate star in your squad. But now you got a guy who's like, I mean, I don't think he's even. I don't think this guy even shoots fifty percent from the field. No. I don't even know if he shoots forty five percent from the field. All right, Alan. So here's a question for you: Is it possible that Terry Rozier lives up to this deal and even more? Is that possible? No, don't think so. <laughs> I don't no think faith so. faith in Scary Terry. Uh, for the record, I, I don't think he's that either. But is it possible that we're wrong? I mean, he had some really great he games good playoffs in Boston, right? Yeah, two years ago in, that play, in the playoffs. He did. He did put together a string of playoff games. But so much of that was just, I think, the Boston Celtics were just such a good team. Like, I think, like, I having Al Horford there, um, like, having some of these rookies there, Jason Tatum. And I also think it was a weaker playoff run, to be honest with you. The more I think about that playoff year in the East, I just think it was overall just weak. Um, but no, I still don't. I'm still not a believer in Terry Rozier living up to this. What do you deal. think he averages next year? 
I mean, I think I could see him averaging like 16 or 17 points. 16, ouch. You're saying he's going to score less than Kuzma? (laughs) Yes, I do. Oh, my gosh. I'll make another Look, bet I mean, on Kuzma's that. got LeBron James, dude. He's got LeBron and oh Anthony Davis commanding attention. Yeah, the who, one's getting points. Who else is going to score <laughs> yeah. in Charlotte? Yeah, like, dude. He might score 22. Like, Charlotte's like, going to have know. to score at least 80 points a game. Right. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I see him. 16, 17 is oh the mark gosh. I see him at. No, he'll He's going to do 20 points. You think 20 points? He'll score 20 points. He's going to have all of the shots. Yeah, who else is shooting on that team? Frank yeah, the Mi- Tank? Yeah, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Oh, man. You never know, man. Batum Maybe he finally there? breaks up. Yeah, Nick Batum. He's still there. He's still there. Five Nick times Batum, again. Marvin Williams. Oh, man. He's going to shoot a lot. Yeah. No, these guys are good. <laughs> How many times did Kimba shoot a game? Any idea? A lot. Like 23. Uh, a lot, right? Trying to look. Yeah. I'm actually trying to look this up. Let's see. So I think it was like 23 times. So Terry Rozier, the highest average he had was 11 points that 17 season. Dude, he, wasn't he shot even a 30. Starter. He shot 39 percent from the field <laughs> last year. He shot 38 percent from the field, so he wasn't even at 40 percent. Crazy. Hey, I but how many shot that. attempts did he take though? So 17 season, he had he averaged 10 shot attempts. Yeah, ten, you can and double 8.4. He's going to double that, dude. He's going to double his shots. I want to know how many Kimba was taking. How many shots a game did Kimba take last year? All right, let's see. I'm looking it up really quickly here. Let's see what it is. I bet you. 20 points. 20 20 shots. 20 20 shots shots a game. An average, what, 25 points? Yeah. 25 points on 43% shooting. Okay, okay. So I could see the 20. I could see the 20. I could see it. We'll see. And he's got a chip on his I'm not going to believe it. Math, I guess the math kind of says like he could, but I'm not going to say that okay. he will. Let, let's stop talking about what could arguably the worst team in the NBA next year. <laughs> start talking about the team that got Kemba Walker. <laughs> Kemba Walker, I think, is better than Kyrie for this team. Do you guys yeah. agree? Agree. Completely yeah, agree. I think so. Yeah, I think he fits well. The problem, I think, with the Celtics now, though, is that they replaced Al Horford with Ennis Cantor. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah. That's really bad. <laughs> so, well, Kemba, I like Kemba Walker to Boston. I think he's going to be a great fit for them. They're, they're just missing Al Horford. Like, that's something yeah. they cannot replace. Yeah, they're definitely, I guess if you had to put them in tiers, they're like slightly around the line between a second tier and a third yeah. tier team. And they don't when even have at... Aaron Baines anymore. Who's Like, Ennis Cantor's their only center. Right, they're types. really... Entice, yeah. Yeah, they're really baking on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown making big steps in their production next year. But to me, like I said, they're yeah, and you said Gordon Hayward, but to me they're on that line of like and you you encompass all sixteen teams, they're like right hinging on that line between a second tier and a third tier team, which in the Eastern Conference will probably still equal out to them finishing like the Five. fourth or fifth seed. Yeah. But yeah, they, they they're not they don't really have a chance, I think. Man, I, I do want to see how Kemba Walker fits on this team, though. I think we're underestimating Brad Stevens because he could not coach because of Kyrie last year. So they still finished up in the four seed or five seed. Uh, they and the Pacers. Two. They and the Pacers were close, but they finished fourth. Yeah, because they still they yeah they had home court, court advantage. Won, yeah. So, but I think they hopped the Raptors because the Raptors will be significantly worse next year. 
We're already saying Milwaukee dips a little bit. The Sixers are going to be pretty pretty stable. The Pacers are going to be pretty close. So I think four or five seed may be fair, but similar to the Spurs and to the Jazz, dude, good coaching takes you a long ways. And That's now true. you got one of the best coaches that has some guys that actually care, that aren't cancerous and don't care more about playing with KD than they do about actually winning. So I, I think I think this could work, man. And I mean, good coaches find ways to to figure out where the deficiencies lie and how to find their way around them. And I think that could be the case. Yeah, uh, I could see it, but no, I still got it. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, <laughs> just no. I, I would agree with you, Scott. If they still had Al Horford, yeah, yeah, like hurts. that's a big loss. They, like, they have hurts. no replacement for that. No, one. I'm trying to. I, I'm trying. I was trying to think during that like little pause, like whether there's a trade that could potentially go down. Chris but Paul. They don't really have Chris Paul. Well, no, 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 no. For like some some <laughs> no, sort of <laughs> some sort of defensive frontman that they could bring in, but Steven there Adams. aren't Stephen Adams. I guess you could do Gordon Hayward for Stephen Adams. I'm not sure if OKC would do that, but that number makes sense. But. Outside, I don't really see a guy they could trade for, nor do they really have any good tradable contracts. Um, unless yeah, you can outside flux. Of young guys. Yeah, they, unless they you... might still have some draft assets lying around. I don't even know. Like that could have so been like having those. Like that might have been worth bringing back Aaron Baines to like a seven million dollar deal or something. That so you could swap that later on in a trade or something uh, like Baines that. Aaron Baines isn't even very good though. Yeah, he is a solid I mean, ten minute backup center. They just don't really have contracts they can trade on this roster. So, like, moving forward, it, I don't know. Unless they can swap Gordon Hayward for something. But I think this might be the team they have. Gordon so, Hayward's on a pretty nasty contract, too, though, isn't he? It's like $25 yeah. million a year. <laughs> it's not honestly terrible. not bad. Not terrible. For two years? I think he's got two, two more, more years, years on yeah. it. So, you'll definitely have to put some picks on there. But we'll see how it goes. But how about to the bu- the Bucks, the final team here? Um, at least for the first part of this podcast, Chris Middleton getting a humongous payday, five years, $178 million. And this is alongside the com- the extension that Eric Bledsoe got in the middle of the year and losing Malcolm Brogdon. To me, this team has doomed, abs- doomed oh. themselves. They're done. They will what? never see the NBA Finals. Wow. That's it. They're doomed. I'm calling it already. Giannis. Is gone in 2021. No way. Wow. Come on. <laughs> that is a statement. That man has spoken about nothing but loyalty. He's gonna he's gonna retire as the Bucks president when he's 70 years old. I just don't understand why this five years hundred and seventy-eight million dollars. They had like, to. He... It's like Tobias like Chris Middleton and Tobias Harris, super similar players, right? Yeah. Yeah, they both get the deals because like otherwise they're just gonna leave. And then who are you going to get? That's true. I guess that's just like you're just handicapped. But this team is just like, this is it, man. Like, I'm not – there's very little wriggle room moving forward here. Malcolm Brogdon was such a huge part for these guys. Like, a 50-40-90 oh, yeah. dude just walk away <laughs> and you couldn't re-sign him. And you got Chris Middleton as your second best player. I mean, I guess it helps that you got literally probably the best player in the NBA. But still, like, Chris Middleton as your second guy, like – I don't know, man. He's an all-star. He's on the fringe all-star. Yeah, that's true. I think it helps that even though Giannis may already be the best player, he also may, like, he could still be the most improved player again next year. Like, it honestly <laughs> wouldn't shock me, which, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's your only hope is maybe that Giannis just. Is that enough? 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, how much because one player do right. Like internal in terms of internal development, like I guess Chris Middleton still has some, but Malcolm Brogdon was that dude that you could bank like, oh, he's gonna get better maybe every year. Yeah, yeah. and Rookie now it's just like I mean, of the year. crazy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like your other supporting cast is rounded out with Eric Bledsoe, thirty years old, Brooke Lopez, over thirty, George Hill as well on his way out. What do you still got Matthew Delanova on this team or something? <laughs> uh they signed Wesley Matthews. Yeah, you got Wesley Matthews also on the old like in terms of like internal development, like that's kinda out the window a little bit. And now you just got a core that's probably stagnant and you're just gonna keep paying and hopefully Giannis right. is help, help, help happy with this. Are we uh, holding out any hope for Giannis's little brother? No, I guess yeah. You still got him. No, I don't know. Probably he's not. not. Play. He's gonna be a G League guy. I, I, he just doesn't have the same talent, work ethic. Like, there's just he's he's big. He, he's like the same physique as Giannis, but no, like nowhere near the same specs. But yeah. I mean, this Bucks team has the potential to make the Eastern Conference Finals every year. I think point. so. Like I that, agree with that. Like they're just giving themselves that chance, you know. It's like we're not going to lose in the first round to like the Heat or someone terrible. Like we'll probably beat like Boston to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then it's like roll the dice against the Sixers. Odds are against your favor or are not in your favor, and just see what happens. You know, you have the best player in the league. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. That point, like they've definitely have sealed up. A, gr- a good core of players and they have Giannis arguably the best player in the NBA probably will be in like two years first like no doubtably um but at the same time there's just not enough here I think to contend against what's in the west um and what the 76ers have I think Eastern Conference Finals is the is the ceiling for this team um and at worst they're like a second round exit at worst uh, I yeah. think I, that would be a disappointing season yeah like that would be like things go bad injuries and such but yeah i think this team would be like the detroit pistons where they consistently made the eastern conference finals after they won the title but weren't really able to crack it crack the ceiling and make it back to the nba finals yeah losing miracic is a bad one too oh and yeah yeah yeah, that one that's another big one i don't understand what happened there Uh, made an offer he couldn't refuse i mean maybe just wanted to be back in europe honestly it's kind of like Kawhi wanted to go to LA. Yeah, exactly. Um, any final points here on these guys? Oh, good job, Chris Middleton. You made it. <laughs> you made it. Yeah, there's some players that have some really good agents. Chris Middleton, Al Horford, and um, I don't know. Harrison some, Barnes. Harrison Barnes, yes. We will get yes. to that in the next podcast. Yeah, we'll get to Harrison Barnes. We'll get to some of these other dudes who had big paydays. Some of the smaller free agent deals that went on throughout the league, as well as the latest NBA headlines in part two of our free agency podcast. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget to check out the part two when that comes out, and as well as keep tuning in week in and week out here at the Second Stringers NBA podcast. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week, everyone.